Thank you for engaging today's message with Wind River Community Church. Our prayer for you is that you will encounter Christ and grow in your relationship with Him. May this encourage you in connecting with other people who follow Jesus as well as knowing you are not alone. If you would like prayer, please text us at 307-240-8742 or if you would like more information about this program or past messages, visit our website at windriverchurch.com. I look forward to hearing what God is doing in your life. And now, here is today's message. So last week, you ever gone to a movie and uh, you get the scene at the beginning of the movie and you're thinking, this is the good part, right? They give you the ending first and then they say two and a half weeks earlier or six months earlier or whatever. Then you get the story in there. So last week, Matt gave us the beautiful ending of this story, that what happened to Joseph, God meant for, they meant for evil, but God meant for good, right? That was the end of the story. We need to jump back into the story, mostly because Ken said, hey, we need to preach on Jacob or Joseph, so (laughs) we're going to jump back in. But this is a story of the good, the bad, and the holy. If we go back to the very beginning, uh, this whole thing starts with Jacob. And it wasn't, a, it wasn't a pretty path a, long t- a lot of the way through this. He stole his brother's blessing, if you remember that. When he was a young man, Esau was the older brother, firstborn. He should have had the blessing. He stole that blessing by putting on goatskin. And how hairy was Esau? I mean, really, if he had to put goatskin on <laughs> to fool dad, uh, he got that. And then he was afraid of his brother, had to run away, and ends up with an uncle falls in love with Rachel. Says, Uncle says, work seven years and you can have Rachel. So he works his seven years and nope, you can't have Rachel. Leah's firstborn, you've got to have her first. So he does another seven years to get Rachel. And he marries, marries their servant girls as well. And all told, they have 12 sons and one daughter. And this is where the story picks up with Joseph. Or, yeah, with Joseph. Um, Joseph is the firstborn daughter of Rachel, or firstborn son of Rachel, sorry. (laughs) Joseph is the firstborn son of Rachel, and as such is much beloved by Jacob in this thing. And that's where he gave him the coat of many colors. You've probably seen the musical. If you haven't, you can go home and watch it after this, but I'm going to try to summarize that for you. Um, So brothers are jealous, and Joseph starts to have dreams. His first dream They're out working in the fields, and they were gathering grain. And if you can picture a sheaf of grain in the old pictures, it's, you know, a a wrap of stalks with a a string tied around it. And he tells them this dream. They're already jealous of him. They're already angry with him because he's the favorite of the father, even though he's next to last in order of birth. Um, And he tells them, "I, I saw this dream, and my stock, my sheaf was standing up. And yours were all bowing down to me. How do you think brothers felt at that point? (laughs) Okay. They were already upset with him. Now they hated him. And the scripture says they hated him. So what did they do? They conspired at first to kill him. But then they said, no, let's not do that. We'll, We'll sell him. They took him out away from dad and said, you know what, let's just get rid of the guy. So they sold him. And, and long story short, he ends up in, in Egypt. Um, And there he grows and begins to gain favor 
with people around. He ends up working in the house of the second in command or one of the high commanders to the pharaoh. And he earns good fame and works, works hard for that. Um, and pretty soon, this guy, Potiphar, puts him in charge of everything. You get to run the show. Well, Potiphar's wife had eyes for Joseph. And one day when nobody else was in the house, she tried, she tried for days and days and days to, to seduce him. Uh, and he resisted every single time. No, my God would not approve of that. I can't do that. I've got to move on. So she framed him. A woman scorned, right? <laughs> she framed him and told Potiphar, hey, he tried to do some stuff with me. So Potiphar throws him in the prison. And in the prison, he gains fame again. He works hard. He stays true to God. And pretty soon, the guy in charge of the prison says, you're in charge of all the prisoners. Every time something happens to Joseph, he rises above it. He rises to the top. Then the cupbearer and the, and the baker are in the, in the prison too, and they have dreams, and he interprets their dreams. And uh, one is good and one is bad. Um, but the cupbearer ends up back with Pharaoh, tells him about Joseph interpreting his dream, and Pharaoh had had a dream. So he interprets the dream of the Pharaoh two years later. This is two years down the road. So he's been in this prison probably for two years. None of his wise men could, could interpret this dream. And that's the dream with the seven fat cows and the seven skinny cows. And Joseph interpreted that as seven years of plenty and seven years of famine, right? Um, Pharaoh was so impressed with that that he puts Joseph in charge of preparing for the seven years of famine. And he does, does that throughout that whole thing. As the famine rolls in... <clears throat> Jacob and the brothers learn that there's grain available down in Egypt. So they go down to Egypt. Joseph recognizes them right away to get, to get their grain and starts playing a, a little game with them, right? It's a little, little mischievous on Joseph's part here. They come down. They get load up the sacks of grain. He puts all the money back in as they head out. Um, and so they're going up the road, and they find that the money's still there, and they're like, oh, no, he's going to think we stole from him. So they come back, and then they, they take the grain home, and then they come back with the money and more money to buy more grain. And this time, he said, bring Benjamin too, my younger brother, second born of Rachel, the one he really loved. Bring him too, because I want to see him. And, and Jacob was resistant to this. He didn't want the youngest one to go. What if something happens to him, all that? But eventually, Benjamin comes down too. And he plays the same game again loads their bags up with, with grain, puts the money in there, but he, but he takes his silver cup, his cup, Joseph's cup. He's kind of running the show in Egypt right now. Joseph's cup, and he puts it in Benjamin's bag, right? And they go down the road, and, and one, of his, one of Joseph's servants chases him down and says, hey, why would you steal? Why would you do that? Surely we did not. Look, open the bags, and sure enough, there's the silver cup, and they're just, oh, no, what are we going to do? So they come back again. Um, and then when, he, uh, when they came back again and, and he saw Benjamin the second time, he just cried. He wept. He was overcome with emotion, with that. You know, when you love somebody, you want them with you. 
Love wants the loved one with him. And, and Joseph loved Benjamin, and he wants him, wanted him with him. So in chapter 45, which is where we're going to spend most of our time today, he's, he's weeping again. The brothers are there. They still have no idea who he is. And he dismisses all of his servants. Go on out of here. You don't need to be a part of this. And he says, I'm Joseph. And we'll pick up the story there in a, middle, in a, in a little bit. But one of the things, if you've been here in, in other times that I've, I've spoken, all of the Old Testament, everything, every character, every person, every law, everything that is in the Old Testament is a compass point that points right to God, right to Jesus, right to our Savior and the need for a Savior. And I don't think there's a character in the Old Testament that reflects the nature and the heart of Jesus more than Joseph does. If we look at this story and we see the compassion, we see the, the keeping his eye on the Father throughout the whole thing, um, Joseph points us to Jesus and gives us, gives us an example of that. So here we are, chapter 45. The brothers are there. They've been accused of stealing. Benjamin's there. He's been taking the cup. And here's what the scripture says in, in chapter 45. Then Joseph could not control himself before all those who stood by him. He cried, make everyone go out for me. Go away. Get the servants and everybody else out of here. So no one stayed with him when Joseph made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud so that the Egyptians heard it. And the household of Pharaoh heard it. And Joseph said to his brothers, I'm Joseph. It's me, the guy that you were going to kill. And then you sold me off enslaved. You thought I was dead. It's me. I'm here. Is my father still alive? Look at his first question. Is dad still alive? That's pretty cool. But his brothers could not answer him, for they were dismayed by his presence. Could you imagine being one of the brothers in this case? Years ago. Years ago. You took this dude out in the wilderness and, and got rid of him, right? And now you're standing before him. They were, just, they were speechless. That would be just like, what would you say in a circumstance like that? Oh, my word. And then Joseph says, come near to me, please. And they came near. What is it about our flesh when Jesus says, come near, that we hesitate a little bit? Jesus says, you know, it's, it's just hard for us to, to grasp that the one who has rescued us, the one who has saved us from our sins, also wants our company. Also wants our company, right? Right? Now that that's done, now that I've got you saved and rescued and, and forgiven your sins, come in. Come in. I want to be with you. I want you with me. But our flesh resists, resists that sometimes. Sometimes. I love this, that they, they did come near. And he said, I am your brother Joseph, whom you sold into Egypt. They didn't know where he went. He ended up in Egypt. 
And now do not be distressed or angry with yourselves. Listen to what he says here. Don't be distressed or angry with yourselves. For God sent me before you to preserve life. Right? God sent me before you to preserve life. Is that not what Jesus does for us? God sent Jesus to preserve life. And then we see just the emotion and the, and the beautiful expression of his heart here. Um, God sent me to preserve you for a remnant on the earth and to keep alive for you many survivors. There's another name for Jacob in the scripture. Do you know what it is? Israel. This is the beginning of the nation of Israel. So that there would be many survivors. This is the beginning of the nation. Just what God promised to to Abraham. I will make from you a great nation. And if you look at the, the names of the sons, the 12 sons, they are the 12 tribes of Israel. They are the 12 tribes of Israel. So to keep alive for you many survivors, so it was not you who sent me here, but God. That, that last verse that Matt preached last week, God, you meant it for evil, but God had a plan. God sent me here. He's made me a father to Pharaoh, right? And Lord to all his house and ruler over all the land of Egypt. This is what God did. In all this process, Jake, Joseph never, ever took his eyes off God. In prison or in plenty, his focus was always in one place. He kept his eyes on the Father, and he never changed. He was the same Jacob the day that they got rid of him to the day that he died at 110 years old. And here we see his heart. So he, he fell upon his brother Benjamin's neck and wept. Benjamin wept upon his neck, and he kissed all his brothers and wept upon them. After that, his brothers talked with him. Now they could find a little voice, right? The shock is over. It's really here. He really loves us. He's not mad. We can, we can enter into that conversation. That's the same message we get from Jesus. The same message we get from Jesus. I'm not mad at you. I hold nothing against you. There's, there's no record of wrong in my book with you guys. Come on in. Come on in. Speak. Talk with me. I want to be together. They had a great big feast. Um, and, and, and the scripture says they, they ate and drank and made merry. <laughs> right? But in, interesting in that, in that feast, because there's, there's a trend here um, about who gets the blessing. Right? Jacob stole the blessing. So he was second born, got the firstborn's blessing. He bestowed his blessing on the 11th born, essentially, in his family. And in this meal, Joseph gives the greatest portion to the youngest. Benjamin gets the great food. It just mentions it. doesn't say anything. The, boy, the boys were offended by that. I think they're just glad to be there, right? Glad that they've been accepted, redeemed, renewed in their relationship with Joseph. So some time goes on, and... Uh, and they get, they get Jacob and the whole family 
down to Egypt. Famine's still going on. I think we're three years in at this point. They come down, and, Pharaoh, and, and Joseph tells them, hey, don't tell Pharaoh that you're shepherds because shepherds are kind of despised here in Egypt. So we're going to try to settle you over here in this land of Goshen where you can take care of your animals and do some farming and, and some things like that, kind of out of the way of everybody else because the Egyptians don't like shepherds. The world does not like our shepherd, right? There's, there's great resistance, great hatred, great disdain for Jesus, who Scripture throughout tells us he's the shepherd, right? He'll leave the 99, go chase down that one that got away. But it's a narrow way. And so the world doesn't like that, that it's a narrow way to get to the Father. He said, I'm the way and the life and the truth, and there ain't no way to get there except through me. Right? That's a pretty narrow way. And the world wants a wide way to get to God, a variety of ways to get to God. So it despises our shepherd, just as the Egyptians despise shepherds. So they come and they settle, settle in the land of Goshen, which is the richest and the best land in all of Egypt. So not only... Did they get to come down there? Was Joseph blessed? But Pharaoh had a heart, maybe not a heart for God, but he respected God. Throughout this process, he respected Joseph. He respected Joseph's God. It's good that your father is still alive. Bring him down. I want to meet him. You know, Pharaoh was, this Pharaoh was a pretty decent dude. He respected what was going on there. So they settled in this beautiful land. Um, but the scripture also tells us in one place, that that's the land of Ramses. Now, where do we know that from? Where do we know that name, Ramses, from? Centuries later, generations later, Israel is a great nation, a large nation, living in Egypt. And what happens to them eventually? They get enslaved, right? Thin the herd out a little bit, and they become the workforce of Ramses. So they settled right there where this, this eventual bad thing was going to take place. When I was a kid, we had these books that were called Choose Your Adventure Books. Anybody remember those? Yeah. Choose Your Adventure Books? Those were the best. Young kids are looking at me like, what, huh? What are you talking about? Think of a video game, kind of, sort of, maybe. You get to choose down this path or this path, and, and be, depending on which path you choose, the outcome is different, right? But those adventure books were so neat because you could go through and say, all right, here you're, you're at this crossroads. What are you going to do? If you do this, turn to this page. If you do this, turn to this page, and you just follow the whole thing out. Well, being the nerd that I am, one time... I decided I'm going to take one of those. I'm going to make a map of the whole thing. Okay? This path takes you here, here, here. This path takes you here, here, here. You know, and, and then all of those things. And I made the map of the whole thing, and it was, it was impressive. <laughs> right? Nobody appreciated it, but I sure did. That is really cool. Um, 
But the thing with that is, <clears throat> isn't that life? We choose this, and the path takes us there. And we choose this, and the path takes us there. And that's what's happened in Jacob's life. He made a choice. His mom made it for him when he stole the blessing, but he made a choice with Rachel and with Leah and with his sons and with everything else and to go down to, to Egypt. All of those choices came together to lead them to Egypt. And Israel starts as a nation in Egypt. And the thing about um, those kinds of things, when we make choices and they lead us into a, a place that we didn't expect to be, or maybe, you know, maybe it's kind of mundane. We made a choice a few years ago uh, to move from Rollins to, to Lander. Here we are. Okay, so there's a new path that we made a choice on. God has a plan for that. God has a presence in that. Um, even in this, God had a plan for this and a presence for this. Joseph said, hey, I came here to preserve life. I came here for you guys. God sent me ahead of you to prepare for you. God sent Jesus ahead of us to prepare for us, a place to be. And in those choices, in these really devastating, eventual choices, because this, this nation ends up enslaved, it always ends one way, with a rescue mission from God. A rescue mission from God. God, we know, rescued the nation of Israel out of Egypt. God rescued Daniel out of Babylon. God rescued, I mean, just put, the, put a name in there. Every choice, every consequence, everything that, that takes us into a deep, dark, bad place eventually, because we can end up there, right? Ever had that happen? I sure have. Um, <clears throat> it ends with a rescue mission from God. And the ultimate rescue mission from God is Jesus. He said, okay, enough, enough. I keep, keep having to pull you out of that. I keep having to pull you out of that. I keep having to do this. One for all. One for all time. One rescue mission for all time, for all people, over and done with. And that's Jesus, our Lord and Savior. The one rescue mission, over and over. All right, back to the story. <laughs> so time goes by. <clears throat> Uh, Jacob's there. He bestows blessings on all 12 sons um, and then dies. And when the brothers saw that, that Jacob had died, that Israel had died, they, were, they got nervous again. Uh-oh, dad's dead. Now what? Joseph's really going to be upset. He was holding himself back because dad was still alive and he loved dad. And that's not... What happened at all? So if we go here, Joseph's brothers saw that their father was dead. They said, it may be that Joseph will hate us, pay us back for all the evil we did to him. They're starting to own it a little bit right here. So they sent a message to Joseph saying, your father gave this command before he died. Say to Joseph, 
please forgive the transgressions of your brothers and their sin because they did evil to you. And now please forgive the transgressions. They're asking for forgiveness right here. Forgive the transgressions of the servants of the God of your father. Joseph wept as they spoke to him. Such a beautiful picture. And Joseph's response, do not fear, for am I in the place of God? I'm not God. Am I in the place of God? I don't get to judge you for that kind of stuff. As for you, this is where Matt took us last week, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good, to bring about the, that many people should be kept alive as they are today. So do not fear, I will provide for you and your little ones. And thus he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. They were shaking in their boots. Dad's dead. We're in trouble. So I don't know if, if there's no record, if Jacob really said that, tell Joseph to forgive you guys. But they sure played it off that way. Hey, Dad said, you know, Dad said, please forgive us. But then they also say, please forgive us. And I love Joseph's loving compassionate, brotherly response. His eyes are on God through all of this. I'm not God. I can't, you know, it's not me for me to forgive you. And don't worry. You meant it for evil. God meant it for good. And it ended in good. It's a good thing. So I talked about the, the paths earlier, those old, those old choose your adventure books, video games, things like that we could bring this up on the screen. Just, you know, the way we do life is messy. The way we do life is messy. And our paths take us this way and that way. And you've probably seen some versions of this in other, other places. Where most people go, where I go. You know, man shopping, woman shopping. You know, all of those kinds of things. They all relate, to get, they all relate together. But, <clears throat> you know, the, the verse that comes out, for me here is, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. Joseph didn't lean on his own understanding in any of this. He trusted God and, and followed his path. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. So we get all messy and goopy and taking it 17 different million directions. <clears throat> but God always sends a rescue. Excuse me. God always sends a rescue. And he sent our rescue in Jesus. That's what I did too. When Jesus calls us into his presence, I don't know how many times you've heard the gospel. I don't know where your heart is with Jesus today. Maybe you're walking and your eyes are, are totally focused on Jesus, on the Father, on the Holy Spirit, on the triune God. But maybe you're here today 
And it's like, yeah, I get that whole idea of forgiveness. I get it. I understand what Jesus came to do, that this is God's rescue mission for humanity. But, you know, it just seems a little far-fetched, or, or why, would, why would he... Why would he want me? I, I suck. I'm terrible. I do bad things. It's just not... Uh, it just doesn't quite... Pull me in there, you know? And I want to come back to what Joseph said in this, because this is Jesus' call to you this morning. Come near. Come in. Be here. I want to give you a hug. He hugged and kissed his brothers. Come in. He had a big dinner with them, and, and it was joyful and merry. And that's where Jesus is. Don't let your flesh get in the way of, wow, he wants my company too? That doesn't make any sense. He does. He does. He wants you. He wants us to come in and be with him. In a few minutes, we're going we're gonna to take communion. And uh, this is, as we're back to <clears throat> the rescue mission of Jesus. The rescue mission of God sending Jesus for us. This is our remembrance. That's what Jesus commanded at the table, right? Do this in remembrance of me. This is our remembrance of the rescue mission. The bread for the body, the, the cup for the blood, right? Body was broken, shed a lot of blood on our behalf. And we're covered with that blood just as the posts of the Israelites were in Egypt, the doorposts when the angel of death came over. They were protected. They were covered by the blood. Didn't look to see who was in the house. The blood was there. Didn't look to see the condition of the house. The blood was there. That's what this is. Remembrance of the blood that we are covered with. So as you take the elements, Matt's going to lead us in that. Remember. Remember. That's, that's Jesus' command. Do this in remembrance of me. Enter in with him. Answer his call to come near. Come here with me. Have a meal with me. The bread and the cup. Have a meal with me. Come sit with me. I, I encourage you and I pray that you will come in as you take the elements, that this will be meaningful, that you'll remember. And maybe for the first time, you'll take Jesus at his word, at who he is, and accept his gift of rescue. Amen? All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh, you great and glorious rescuer. We are a fallen people, have been from the beginning. And we make dumb choices. Some are benign, but some are quite cancerous. We see it in this story and in each of those episodes, even today, you send rescue. 
Thank you that you send rescue. You are a God of rescue. And we know we are rescued through, our, through your son, Jesus Christ. He is the ultimate rescuer. And as we come to the table with you today, we just ask your Holy Spirit to come and help us to remember that we'll come in and fellowship with Jesus, have a meal with him, the one who loves us, the one who forgives us, wants our presence. We walk into that today in Jesus' name. Amen.